All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And it is summertime. And in the summer, you start thinking of some crazy things because it's the off season for the Avalanche. And how about this one, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom? What if, what if the Chicago Blackhawks called up the Avalanche and said, hey, we got a number one draft pick and you got some superstars. Let's make a deal. What do we do? New episode, Locked on Avalanche, coming at you. You're Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked on Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us over on our YouTube channel. Over on YouTube, hit subscribe to get notified when a new show goes live. And why not subscribe to our subtext as well? Link to that is in the show notes below. Subscribe and chat with Kyle and I one-on-one uh look at our rundown over there we're also gonna kind of play a what if game i guess today's episode is what if when i was a kid like the in, in like growing up in in like the late 80s and, and early 90s mid 90s the best like comic books were those what mm. if comic books and they got reintroduced like a year ago on on disney plus released you know a, a cartoon series the what if series those were fantastic because like it was just an alternate reality yeah. and we're kind of kind of do that today we'll talk about where we would like to see some outdoor games uh whether they involve the avalanche or not we will get to miko rentanen's game there's no what if about that we know exactly where that's going uh but where we're going to start uh i saw on another locked on uh, podcast. It's a it's a Minnesota Vikings podcast, and they threw out the the hypothetical and they preferenced it by saying like it, it it's this is not something that they would do, but would uh, Justin Jefferson, their all world wide receiver, is he worthy of trading for a number one draft pick in the draft? And it got me thinking like, what if? the Chicago Blackhawks did come calling specifically this year, specifically for Connor Bedard. That's essentially what you're trading for. And what if they, they called the avalanche and said, yeah, he, he is, you know, expected to do amazing things. You have a few guys on your team that already are doing amazing things. So maybe we'll go for the sure thing. If you want to take a chance at, you know, a, a, a prospect, one of the most highly touted prospects come around in a very, very long time. Uh, let's talk. I'm going to throw this on the bottom of the screen. If you see it on uh, Instagram right now, this is for entertainment purposes only. Please don't start commenting like you guys are crazy. No, none of this, none of this will happen. We fully understand that. But it, when I saw it on that Viking show, it kind of like, ooh, that could be a good topic of discussion. And because it's Connor Bedard, and because we have three names in particular, uh, all have M, Miko, Makar, McKinnon. What would what would your answer be if they came calling to you? All right, let's let's take a let's take a look. The Avalanche won the Stanley Cup one year ago. 
took a major step back and stumble out of the first round last year. Looking into this year, would you take the chance on a projected generational talent in Connor Bedard and give up, let's say, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr? Would one of those names be worth a future? I mean, I, yeah. I honestly, as an Avalanche fan, would still say no. And I remember when we talked about Bedard the first time his name was brought up after Chicago got the number one pick in the draft, I brought up Eric Lindros and Peter Forsberg. Do you still want to gamble, even though you know what this roster is going to look like next year, for Connor Bedard to fit into this roster? I still feel like we talked about the Avalanche favorites going into this year. I still like what we have. Yeah, I, I think for for the Abs, it would be it, you would be taking a step back for a year or two because he's still got to get acclimated to the NHL game, and you have sure things in all three of those guys. You know exactly what you're getting going forward. Um, and for as like highly touted as Bedard is, you you, you don't know. You, you, I mean, everybody thinks and assumes that he is going to be as advertised. And I'm definitely one of those people. <clears throat> Crazier things have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's been number one picks that just don't pan out. He's not cut from that cloth. He seems like, you know, the numbers he's putting up and he, he just seems like everything is there for him to be that guy. But are you, you know, really giving up somebody like, you know, the generational talent that Kale McCarr is? Yep. No, uh, because and you're not doing that because that's a position change. You have one of the best defenders or the best defender in the league. You're not giving that up. Miko Rantanen just came off the, the best season of his career, which we will get to, obviously, in a season grade. Um. But And for that reason, because he means so much to this team, he's a perfect fit for the team, no, I don't do that either. And, you know, Nathan McKinnon is just hands off. Like, there, there, is, there is nothing. The only thing I would consider for Nathan McKinnon is a one-for-one one with Connor McDavid, and that would be it. That would be it. And I would even hesitate to do that just because I, you know, McKinnon's is – probably my favorite player on the team it's just you know i i it'd be hard pressed to do any of those so and you know i to flip it around on chicago Mm -hmm. wouldn't that be the most chicago thing they could ever do is trade away that number one pick this is the first time we have talked about how incredible the blackhawks might be potentially since what 2016 2017 it's been about a, a decade of them falling why would they do that for a Nathan McKinnon? And by the way, when you brought up Connor McDavid, McKinnon has a Stanley Cup. McDavid does not. Right. Which which yeah. gives him the the upper hand until McDavid decides to go to LA and mm-hmm. get his cup. But um I I just I feel confident in this core. And by the time Bedard finally catches stride, I feel like this like you saw the steps that Nathan McKinnon made last year to ascend to another level that we didn't think was even humanly possible, but he did. 
along with Miko Rantanen, also making that next step that we didn't think he had. And Kale McCarr, yes, he had some injury problems, but he walked out of the Stanley Cup final with all of the hardware. And you could say that's going to happen again in his lifetime because he's also a generational talent. So they could go for the here and now, but I feel like this core for the Avalanche could keep the Avalanche relevant for the next five years where Bedard's still a coin flip. He is, and, and I think that the, the Blackhawks have a plan to grow with Bedard, right? And and But if the Avalanche said, like, we will, we would give you, and I'll say Kale McCarr because he's the youngest out of the three of them, man, th- that's, a, that's a pretty tough decision, I think, that Chicago would have to, because he's young and you can still grow with him, and, but, but the, do they want to grow around a defender, I mean, who's who it can score as, as as much as a forward can score. Um, I don't know. I think that would be a little bit more difficult for Chicago. Not that they would say no to Nathan McKinnon, but because they're so far behind from being really relevant, you know, by the time you do, Nathan McKinnon is probably in his 30s. And not that that's like, you know, the death knell of a, of a hockey player, but you want to have, you know – the longest possible tenure of a guy uh, like the abs like they they do have with Nathan McKinnon and he had him since he was young. Same with all those guys are growing up. Now they're like, they're, they're getting the fruits of all that labor. Um, But I did throw this out to Jack Bushman who hosts locked on Blackhawks. And I asked him, I I said, Hey, what do you think of this? And uh, this was his, his response. And he goes, he laughs and he said, I love it. Uh, personally, it's an easy no for Makar or Rantanen. Maybe it sounds crazy saying that for Makar, but it would be hard to trade arguably the best prospect the game has seen for a defenseman, uh, even at that unbelievable caliber that Makar is. McKinnon is where it gets tough for me. If he was 25 instead of 27 uh, and where he is currently – which is, you know, already having won a Stanley Cup, that's difficult. Uh, He said, that's a toughie. It would still probably, I would still probably lean towards no because it would be terrifying trading away Bedard and watching him turn into a superstar elsewhere. I'm going to keep it and pick him. Fun question, he said. So he's saying no to all three and he's sticking with Bedard. And you know, something else we haven't touched on. We talked about McFarlane and Sackett needing to make a move mm-hmm. and their rankings with confidence sitting at like a B with the fan base. You want to see them go to a D to an F real quick, trade away Nathan McKinnon or Kale McCarr. Or Mika Rantanen. Or Mika like, Rantanen. Let, let that be the yet. first move that they do yeah. this offseason. Yeah. We will go into a panic mode that you have never oh, seen man. before. It's DEFCON 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like I said, not going to happen, but uh, kind of fun to discuss. And <clears throat> I think if if you were to say which team like what would be more on the side of saying yes, I think it would be Chicago because you're bringing in players that you know are you know what you're getting in them. There's yeah. not that question mark as great as Bedard is going to be. I think the Avalanche would say like no because for that same reason we know what we got and we're already up here. And we're not going to drop down even we're not going to wait those two, three years for Bedard to turn into what he could be 
because then we feel like we've just wasted three years with you know the, the guys that we kept around like say you gave up Makar for it and you 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 wasted three years because it'd be tough to get back to where you are right now um, as Bedard is going through the paces really. Yep. So, all right. Fun question. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of comments on that and I look forward to reading those. So uh, let's keep with the Miko Rantanen uh, discussion and get to his season grade. But first we are going to hear from FanDuel and I, I, there we go. Here we go. All right. So it's like we said, it's summer. There's not a lot going on, but there is the baseball season. It's in full swing and there's no better place to get on the action than FanDuel. America's number one sports book right now. New customers can get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. And don't miss your chance to snag that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up today. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And Major League Baseball trademarks are used with permission. All right. Uh, Miko Rantanen, absolutely stellar season. Um, I, I remember saying at one point during the year when McKinnon – started to take off and um, we were kind of having conversations about like Nathan McKinnon being a heart trophy candidate for MVP of the league. But if you talked about MVP of the avalanche, it's probably Miko ranted. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was a, a spectacular season by him. And I'm going to bring up uh, the stats right now over on YouTube. There you go. A pluses across the board. And I know on um, social media, like I, because you only get four fields to play with, I can't do pluses and minuses, but I added the pluses for everybody over on social media because I'm assuming we all, you know, just uh, expected everybody to say A plus. And there you go 98% on YouTube, 97% on Twitter, 96% on Instagram. Kyle and I both go A plus, obviously. Uh, when we've said it with a number of guys, you wanted to see them step up with all the injuries that they had. Um, and you know, we, we list a few of those guys in our other season grades. And when it was happening, we said Miko Ranton and need to be one of those guys. And he was hand over fist. He was brilliant all year long. And I know it's not like the popular thing to say, but I, Mika Rantanen, I love his game just a little bit more than Nathan McKinnon. Why just because his nickname's The Moose, and he has mm -hmm. that lumbering, just he's good and he doesn't care mentality. Like he just kind of stumbles into, into the numbers that he puts up. Like Nathan McKinnon, it feels like. He is exuding every like ounce of energy he can to be that stellar. And it's like Mika Rantanen just is and doesn't care and just does his thing. He scores. Yeah, that's awesome. He just keeps on going. Like his puck hand, and you see that with like his penalty minutes because he's so emotional. He's all over the place. He's just he's chaos personified. Yeah. And Honestly, since 2017, he's been a point-per-game player. You don't hear it advertised all the time. 
you don't hear because he's kind of in the shadow of Nathan McKinnon because Nathan McKinnon does all this incredible stuff and this work ethic and he's a lightning bolt of just he's got swagger but Miko Rantanen does it quietly mm. and I just I love Miko Rantanen's game and this was his honestly his coming out year this is like take notice of this Miko guy I mean yes he's good but he's right there with the guy that we talk about synonymous with the Colorado Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. McKinnon's like the showman, right. Um, and, and speed is like sexy out on the ice and he, you know, Nathan McKinnon has got that and he, you know, setting him up on the power play and, and ripping one timers, like that's all like for the show. And, and Nathan McKinnon does that beautifully. Miko Rantanen, yeah, he just kind of quietly and confidently just goes about his business. And for a team that's built on speed, he he kind of deceptively fast. He's not Nathan McKinnon. He's not yeah. Kale McCarr. But he always just seems to be up with the play. He's never trailing. And I think that's just his hockey sense. Yeah. He knows when it's time to to get ahead of steam and start going up ice. He he can he reads pucks beautifully. He's right place, right time. Um, him and Nathan McKinnon on the power play is so fun to watch because when they're playing on the wings, they both give you nightmares because Nathan McKinnon can do what he does and, you know, slap shots and, and you know, all that gaudy stuff. And then you got to watch the cross ice pass to Miko Rantanen because he does that chip shot uh, and he's great on redirects and he's great on one-timers. Um, and that's what makes these two guys uh, a nightmare to play against, especially on, on the power play. He's great. He great. He, he just, he has a knack for the game and he does everything great and he makes it look effortless. And he's kind of dwarfed by what Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCard do because Miko is usually the guy getting the puck in the defensive zone and turning things around, sending Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon the other way. He's usually that guy getting things started. He's in the boards. He's getting chippy. He's pushing the puck. And if he's on the other side of that cross-ice pass, he's giving it right back up. He's very unselfish. And when he does score, when he does get behind the goal, he's putting goals off goalies' backs. Like, he's <laughs> he plays every inch of the ice. Like, he is everywhere. He's exactly where you need him to be, and he's always getting the play going and started. Yeah. They, they needed him. They needed him to be uh, everything that he was this year. And and I don't know if if the Avs, you know, take the division without him because yeah. of, of all the, the losses that they had. You know, the, the games that they were out, uh, Kale McCarr, the games that they were out, Nathan McKinnon, he just kept going. And, um, yeah, you see nine game-winning goals for him this year. I believe three of them were overtime game-winning goals. Um, he did have that little moment in time where he was a little bit chippy, but you like that. You like mm -hmm. that he has that about him because that's the one rub on the abs is just they're not physical enough. And and that's not their game. That's not their stuff. They're never going to be the team that is like physical first, um, but they have attitude. And Miko Rantanen definitely has it. And sometimes it got him into trouble when he was taking one too many penalties and he was chirping at the refs too much and, um, he did. He took a couple of dumb penalties, but he's smart enough to know, like, I can't do that. I can't. That That's not me. I let these guys get into my head. It's it's, it's a game. A hockey is a game where you, you, you try to do that. 
and it got to him. But he's smart enough to know, like, I can't keep doing it. That hurts my team. And we've seen how many other guys and other teams that they don't understand what, you know, that does to their team. And they keep doing the same stupid thing over and over and over again. And in that moment in time, yeah, we weren't happy with Nico Rantanen, but I wasn't thinking it was going to continue. I was like, he's going to fix that. He's going to correct it. And he did. And he had a moment and it was over. And he knows how to correct himself when his he lets his temper go. But also, if you like put your eyes over there on the graphic, you see that games played number? How oh. many games did the Avalanche play in the regulars uh in the uh playoffs? Seven. How many games yeah. are there in the regular season? 82. Put those together. Games played for Miko Rantanen. 89. We yeah. we tout everybody who gets to play all games throughout the season we've talked about it with a couple grades every dayers know who we give like a little bump to that's why everybody gets an a plus every grade is an a plus for miko ranton and he was there night in night out for the colorado avalanche and that's why his numbers look the way they do yeah so um excited to see what what he can do next you keep saying that for a lot of guys on the abs um you just want a healthy team and you get you can see what a lot of these guys can do with a healthy team. He's definitely man. If he did this with a decimated team, yeah, God, like he 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 could. He, you see 115 points, including the playoffs. Um, he had 10 points in that playoff series against Seattle. Seven goals and three assists. So as poorly as so many guys played for the Abs in that series, he was not one of them. So he continued right into the playoffs. So looking forward to another good. Miko Rantanen season. And that contract, believe it or not, is, is coming to an end here in a couple of years, believe it or not. So we're going to be right back to square one with needing to sign a superstar. Yeah. Salary cap, go up, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> and you know, with numbers like this, th- this is why you see the Avalanche consistently favorited before the season starts with players like Miko Rantanen. Yeah, right. Exactly. So... Comment away on that and uh, why you gave Mika Renton an NA+. So, all right. Uh, last thing we wanted to get to today was outdoor games. I love them. I know there's some people that kind of feel like, oh, they've worn out their welcome. Nope, not with me. Uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying we should have more of them. I think they're right where they, they have. You, you, get a, you get a few of them a year, and that's enough. You don't need to up them. You don't need to lower them just to have the one um i i love the you know the, the new year's one and then you have the heritage classic and the winter or the winter classic and then the out a couple outdoor games throughout the year and then you're done i think it's perfect um the venue where they're going to play and the, the teams that are involved it's always a big i always pay attention to it because i love seeing who the teams are and then i love seeing what the jersey reveal is going to be um, and we know what outdoor games we have this year. We know we're going to Australia to start the season. The Coyotes and the Kings are going over there. So kind of fun to kind of just guess, like, where are some other places for, I mean, I put in the rundown outdoor games, but even if you don't really want to go beyond that, like I said, they're going to Australia or just other countries or things like that. Maybe start with the outdoor games of where you'd like to see some kind of cool venues for the NHL to go. I have two selections. Both are outdoors. Mm-hmm. And I think both will help the game exponentially. One is 
blown through the roof like super production level. And one is about as stripped down as it could possibly get. Okay. If you want to kick off, well, you usually get your winter classic around New Year's. Right. Just picture this, my friend. Okay. On the ice. You could do this somewhere in New York City. In New York City. Like Central Park? Central Park. That'd be sweet. New yeah. York Rangers, Boston Bruins. Getting you everybody excited for when the ball drops in Times Square. Capitalize on that crowd that's already there. Mm-hmm. And just make it part of like your New Year's countdown. The game's over. The ball drops. You can incorporate it all together. But, I mean, just the nighttime New York City vibe. Like, everything is going on in New York as it is. Right. And you got a hockey game going on right in the middle of everything. That would be a great one. Yeah, and, and, and they could do a lot with, um, you know, crowd there. You know, you'd have to build kind of like the seating. Mm-hmm. Um, it it there'd be a lot of standing room that might be the the one that you could have fans right up near the glass yep if you wanted to um because a lot of times when you're doing them on like the baseball field or the football arena they don't allow fans like on the floor um but this that might be one where they they do and that would give it a really cool look you have this outdoor game and fans right up by the glass that would be kind of neat I think it would look good on television, especially if you're scrolling through. Get what you get your New Year's party. You're scrolling yeah. through, like, what's this? You're culminating interest in the game. I think it's just a beautiful idea. Yeah, I mean, and it's I mean, it's big enough. Yeah, <laughs> Central Park is massive, so yeah, you'd have a lot of open space for fans to just hang around, and you could put just put giant TVs all over the yep. place. So I know you know there probably would be snow on the ground. You never know in New York City. It'd be clear. It could be. Snow, but you could have people kind of just, you know, Central Park is busy as it is. So you could just have people kind of like passing through or there's ways to do it. Uh, or just, I mean, I mean, God, imagine the, the images that would come out of that. That'd I know. Be picturesque. That would be, yeah, that's a good one. I like that a lot. Definitely and, that. and like to kind of contrast that idea, mm-hmm. no fans, just a rink. Uh-huh. And take this to... Just take it to Canada. One of those picturesque ponds that you usually see, like in those, like those Instagram reels of just guys skating on the pond in the mountains. Just put a game out there. Yeah. Like it needs to. I we have run about every stadium possible. I've seen that they're talking with like some racetracks to like put a game on in the middle of a NASCAR racetrack. Like really? I think we're I think we're getting kind of like off base with what we're yeah. trying to do with these outdoor games and losing it a little bit. So I say NHL, just get back to where it started, get out there and just put a rink out in the middle and just capture hockey in its purest form. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that would be great um, from like the logistics side of it or from a reality side of it. Um, and and the, the NHL has said this, like the, the Lake Tahoe, you know, abs in Vegas and Boston. I can't who Boston did Boston play the Flyers? Was it was it Boston and Flyers? I think it was. I don't know. I think so. But it was the abs. It was it was abs in Vegas. Uh 
on on the golf course there no yeah. fans uh they have come out and said like we, we are not doing that again like that was a one-off that was COVID era um that fit the time period the nhl is not gonna do something where where no fans or minimal fans are at because they gotta they gotta make as much money as they they, they lose money most of the time probably on these yeah. outdoor games but they do it for the fanfare um so what needs to happen is like another pandemic to come around. <laughs> and I hate saying that because nobody wants that um, to do something like that. But you know what, man? Like it, it would be again, like it'd be similar to what you're saying with Central Park and just the setting and the venue. That would just be gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous to do something like that. And you saw how it looked on, on Tahoe. I like Tahoe. Like it was just beautiful scenery um yeah so like those things that those 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 tiktoks and instagram stories of people just skating and you just got those beautiful mountains out i mean you can find places in colorado to do that because i i think it's one thing for us to have games like in north carolina in a football stadium and all these different places that you don't typically get an outdoor game Mm -hmm. but we talk about it so many times on the show the nhl needs to do a better job at selling itself and it's time to get back to the optics and the pure spectacle of the game itself and let that sell yeah yeah i like it uh, and the, the one place where i i would love to see them go back is uh miracle on ice i yeah. say go back they've never been there but uh, i mean nice. like you know the, to, to go back there you would do that on an anniversary you're just not going to do that yeah. randomly um so and and that's a small venue i've been there uh it doesn't seat a lot of people so that would be a a hot ticket but that would be that'd be something to kind of celebrate it on an anniversary just to go back up there and play and that's not outdoors either that would just be a venue game but you could you could put it outdoors you could you know you could you don't have to do it on the ice i mean that's still there the ice is still there but um you could do it some I mean, that could be an outdoor game in, in Lake Placid to make a big bigger spectacle of it. Just the fact that you're in Lake Placid uh, would kind of be cool. And I know that wasn't NHL players and it was college kids, but still, just uh, it's still you go there and that is a hockey town. I mean, it's an Olympic hockey town, but everything there is just hockey lining the streets. It's great. Have the NHL teams play inside Lake Placid and the minor league affiliates of both the AHL let them play outside. There you go. Beautiful. Solved it. Sign us up. Resumes are being sent. You betcha. Um, all right. Where else do you guys think? Uh, some venues that maybe the league has not gone to yet where you would like to see them go. Comment in uh, the comment section. All right. That's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. We will be back. I think I have Hattie Kalaklesh, our prospect guru, uh, locked in for th- thursday night to record with him so that'll be on friday and then i think we're going to push the vegas show back to next week uh because there's some scheduling conflicts that they're going through right now they're, they're busy men they're celebrating their business so we'll we'll get them in here sooner or later uh but that's going to wrap it up for today everybody once again thank you for tuning in that's always appreciated he's mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli and this is the lockdown avalanche podcast and we'll see you guys tomorrow Go, Abs, go!